There are countless videos on YouTube claiming to have the secret to getting ahead of 99% of people. But are there really behaviors that allow you to accomplish that? Today we look at some of those tips in hopes of finding the secret or debunking the myth. Welcome to the Franken Life Podcast. We're here each week on Tuesdays trying to figure out how to stitch together our best lives. Welcome back, I'm Jeff. And I'm Troy. And today we're talking a little bit about getting ahead of 99% of people. So what does it really look like to be a part of the 1%? And, and when we first started looking at it, the math isn't as obvious as it maybe should be. I mean, 1% ahead of 99% of people, I mean, that's a that's really a remarkably exclusive group of people that we're talking about. Yeah, so... Median income in the U.S. is $70,000. And if you're going to get up to that 99th percentile, that means jumping up to over $600,000 per year. Yeah. It's a big jump. Huge <laughs> jump. But when you think about $600,000 a year, it's not necessarily as high as I probably would have imagined. We both were surprised that it's not a bigger number than that, in spite of the fact that $600,000 is, oh, is a big number. Huge so. number. But the top 10% of income earners are above 200000 Which that's is a little mind-blowing that it isn't higher than that. It certainly contextualizes uh, some of the numbers that you hear out there. Yeah, so we have these... We we're going through YouTube, and I came across a video by Mark Manson, who is talking about the real secret to getting ahead of 99%. And as I watched his video, it actually made a lot of sense, and he is someone who earns in that threshold of maybe he's not in the top 1%, but he's on the cusp. Sure. So there's some uh, credibility, credibility to, what he, says. to what he says. Yeah. But as I then went through YouTube and started scrolling through, you have Alex Hormozzi, who of course is in the top 1%, but then you have all these no-name people who are, uh, may or may not be, yeah, but... <laughs> may or may not be, but it seems like if you look at the top 1% of people in the U.S., there's not a chance that that many people are creating YouTube videos about how to be successful. Right, no question. You, you, you look at that and you say, what are those people doing that are in the 99th percentile? And here we're just talking about income. We'll, yeah. talk, we'll, we'll expand that a little bit uh, down the road, but 1% but of income, what are they doing to earn that? And certainly some portion are YouTube creators yes. or content producers in some form majority aren't. So when you look at the number of people that have put out that kind of content, the probability that they are all 1% earners, not very likely. Yeah. My favorite was how to be uh, top 10 tips for to kind of fast track your uh, path to the 1%. And his number one, his first tip was drink raw milk. Well, there you go. Piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, super easy. But I think that that was kind of this Mark Manson's, his point was, honestly, just doing certain behaviors isn't what gets you to the 1%. Right. I, it's appealing yeah. to have this idea that, oh, if I just do these certain things, if I get up early or whatever, the, the hack might drink, drink raw milk, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to yield this disproportionate performance. You know, I'm going to be better than 99%. And um, the probability that those behaviors, even collectively, even in aggregate, are going to produce that type of, you know, extraordinary 
uh, result, it, 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 it doesn't pass the sniff test when you really step back and, and think about it. Yeah, but it's such a appealing thing, and we see that in, in everything, all these YouTube videos being chief among them, but even in books where Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is one of the most popular business books of all time. There has to have been millions, if not billions, of people who have read that book. Over yeah, the probably not billions, but certainly millions. It's possible, though. It's been around. It's a long time. Public domain. It's been around seventy-five That's years. Good point for sure. So, but a lot of people have read that book, and there are not that many people who are rich. Right. <laughs> so, right. I think that there is some appeal to this simplicity of just wake up at four thirty a.m. and you'll make it in the one percent. Yeah. But. It, it really is not simple. And that's Mark Manson's point is uh, what it really takes to get in the 1% is to be a contrarian about something, be right about that contrary opinion, right, and then be willing to go the distance. So I think maybe we talk about that of what does it mean to be contrarian? What does it mean to be right? And then what does it mean to really go the distance and be a part of the 1%? Uh, all within the context, and, and as we talked about it, the real question that emerged to me is, you know, what does 1% really look like? And do you want that? Yeah. You know, and so... Well, but, and that's what I mean by go the distance is... Yeah. You look at Mr. Beast, he just did an interview with Colin and Samir, and the whole first 10 minutes of the interview is him kind of lamenting the difference in lifestyle that he said when he got to 100,000 subscribers, maybe one person a month would recognize uh, recognize him, him yeah. and ask for a picture. When he got to a million, it was like one a day. Yeah. And now that he's at 16 million, he's like, I can't even leave my house without being asked for hundreds of pictures by everyone in the grocery store. Right. And he needs security because people have started tracking down his house. and The perils of, of fame, as they say. Yeah, exactly. So is that something that we ultimately want right. to pursue. Yeah. Um, but so being contrarian, what does that look like? Well, and I think that what we see in some of these people that really are extraordinary when we, we brought we, we talked a little bit about Steve Jobs, somebody that sees a direction that, um, that society's going and picks a point that is not evident to, you know, to other people picks this, this point and says, you know, that's where I believe we're going to go and, and, and I'm going to build around that, you know, that projection that yeah. this person has. But it, it, it can't be something that's so evident to everybody else that, that you get kind of the uh, um, ruinous competition. Totally. As they say, you know, it has to be contrarian, not necessarily meaning the opposite direction yeah. that other people are, are, are expecting, but a different direction or a different um, uh, magnitude yeah. than what other people are, uh, are expecting. And you have to do that early and you have to do that and, and you have to be right. I mean, yeah. there's been a lot of people that had they been right, they would have been nine percenters instead. You know, they, they've been lost to, uh, lost to history. Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't know their name. So Yeah, Steve Jobs, his whole thing was, I see a vision where everyone has a computer on their desk. Yeah, and then and, that, that move to the smartphone, you yeah. know, that he kept seeing these things yeah. that were not evident to everyone exactly. else. Exactly, the iPhone revolutionized humanity. Right. Um, and no one believed that that would take off the way it did right. other than 
him and a small group of people. Sure. And there may have certainly been other people who similarly saw that potential, whether it be, uh, you know, a computer on every desk or the smartphone, they may have seen it. And and so this is the next kind of component of, of how you become one of those one percenters is you have to have that contrarian view. You have to be right. And, you know, and obviously he took action. Yeah. have to be willing to execute and have the competency to execute. Yeah. I mean, with Steve jobs, he was kind of crazy. I mean, he got fired from Apple and then, they kind of realized, okay, well, We're he's crazy, but we we need him. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, we need his crazy. <laughs> uh, but I think that yeah, you, it's a lonely, it's lonely at the top, right? It's it's lonely at the bottom. Yes, <laughs> there's, there's 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 at least more community in the middle. <laughs> yes, but I think that ultimately, kind of what you talked about is, are you really willing, and do you want to get to that place? Right. Um, and that's actually the point Mark Manson made is like. Do you want to drive a sports car and be able to do uh, champagne showers? If that's what you travel want, a bunch or whatever, you only need to get to like the eighty percent. Yeah, like there's really there's a lot of room for a lavish lifestyle that isn't the one percent. Right. And so all these his kind of point was all these YouTubers are saying you want to get to the nine get ahead of ninety nine percent. I don't think that most people really do want to get to the ninety ninth right. percentile. Right. So. That's kind of what we've talked a lot about at with the decision to move to Franken life is one, gotta figure out what you want, and two, you gotta realize that everyone's figuring out what works for them. What worked for Steve Jobs to get to the one percent is not gonna work for anyone else. And right. Nor nor would they want they wouldn't want what it what it takes to do that, nor would most people want what that look like what that looks like what that requires of you you yeah. know what what that or that same thing yeah that end point it it feels appealing because it it from a distance seems like it doesn't have the problems or the concerns that i have yeah you know whether it be financial concerns or a popularity or whatever it may be it doesn't have my problems but what is so easy to miss is it has its own problems yeah and Oftentimes, those problems are uh, ultimately may prove more onerous than what we feel like we're wanting to escape or get away from. Yeah, and it's really interesting that those that escapism is. I want to do something that seems hard to me. Mm-hmm. Wake up at four thirty or take cold showers every day, and that's the key to getting over all the problems that I'm currently facing. But stepping into those different problems. And really looking at it and saying, well, Warren Buffett, he eats a McDonald's breakfast sandwich and drinks a Coke every morning. Like he's not making decisions that these self-help gurus are saying, yeah, that's, that's the way to success. That's the secret. Hit McDonald's every morning at 8 a.m. Right. And I think that, you know, in, in, in fairness, a lot of those behaviors are, um, they're, they, they well may be now the raw milk part, I'll, I'll leave someone else to you know, decide that getting up earlier and focusing on a schedule that, that is productive for what you're wanting to achieve. Yeah. Those behaviors will help you move forward. You know, there's the old adage that if you're willing to do what 90% of people won't, you can do what 90% of people can't. Yeah. And while that's, that may seem trite, 
there's truth to the fact that when we're doing those things that take us out of our comfort zone, that is where we progress. That's yeah. how we progress is by doing that. So we certainly aren't poo-pooing, you know, behavioral changes and some of those embracing some of the hard things as a means of moving us forward. What we are, I, I think, suggesting or what we what we believe is if you view them as um, shortcuts or if you view them as sort of causal to extraordinary performance, one, you have to stick with them. Yeah. Which a lot of people, even if they were causal, even if they guaranteed 90, you know, that you'd be ahead of 99% of people, they're still not willing to actually stick with those, those behaviors. So one, you have to stick with them. But even if you do, there's a lot of other variables in play besides just drinking raw milk and waking up at 4.30 that are going to dictate how how successful you are comparative to other people. And I just say that in in and of itself, that's where I kind of step back and say it's it may be a fool's errand anyway because yeah. comparing them to somebody else, you're now predicating sort of your success or happiness on their definition of success or happiness. And yeah. uh, that they're... That's going to run out at some point. That's a, that's a tank that you can't run on too long. Yeah, well, I think we talked about Matt Diavella and Saradici, both wildly successful creators in their own right. And Matt Diavella is a 5 a.m.er and get up, make breakfast, make coffee, and get after the day. Saradici is a 11 a.m.er but works until 2 in the two in the morning. Right. And they've just kind of found their pattern, their kind of rhythm of life yeah. That really works for them to push themselves. Right. Neither of them is being lazy. No, no, they're comfortable. They, yeah, they're pushing into the discomfort, but but they've found very different ways to do that. And yeah. I think that that's really where a lot of the self-help stuff and why we've moved to Franken life is we don't want people to live life our way. Right. We want people to live their Franken life and, and, and define those things that when they put them together it is expansive to them. I mean, yeah. it, it helps them be more fulfilled. And get to where they want. Right. Well, and, and I think that, so the, the, the two components where we where I see the logical disconnect in a lot of what people are, are saying, you know, self-help and whatnot, is one, that this 99% or whatever you're talking, that it's defined by somebody else. Yeah. You know, that society will tell you what you want more of. That's dangerous. Second is that there's these shortcuts or these 10 hacks that all you have to do is do those things and you'll get this result. You know that, that both of those are too simplistic in their orientation. So if we instead are being more intentional about figuring out what we really want, you know, what is our direction and then evaluating our acceleration or our, you know, yeah. our velocity towards that destination in, in ways that that work for us, that's a pattern that allows progress. But, you know, allowing somebody else or relying on somebody else's definition of, of, of success and then relying on someone else's hacks, even if they do work for them, which oftentimes yeah. they may or may not, who knows, expecting their hacks to get me to their satisfaction. And that, you know, who, who, who at the end of the day really wants that life when you deconstruct it like that? Or and, believes that, 
the way someone else is living their life perfectly mirrors the way that they would ultimately all things being equal live their life yeah no well said i think that yeah that's definitely the trap i've fallen into with a lot of these self-help books atomic habits is probably the number one where I just say, oh, if I could just do all these things, like James Clear kind of has it made. I love right. like the idea of writing and stuff. And when I step back and look at it, eh, I, I'm not sure I want to live exactly like James Clear, and that's okay. Right. I think yeah. No, he's I perfectly happy with his life, and I need to figure out the ways that make me perfectly happy with mine. Yeah, I think the old adage, you know, don't compare, compete, or complain. Yeah. You know that that compare is one where there is a lot of peril because we expect. This person has and seems to be successful and seems to be loving what they're doing. If I'm not that, then I'm falling short. But I, we can all make progress forward. But if we're making our own progress, if, if we're clear on you know identifying what progress looks like for us, it, it certainly simplifies the process because now we can really align what behaviors we're trying to create or what we're trying to practice with where we're trying to get. Yeah. And, and sometimes asking the question, wait, am I trying to get to a place that I really want to get to? And yeah. I think a lot of times the answer to that, if we're really honest with ourselves is yeah, no, not really. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. I just saw a thread, I guess is what you call them on thread. the yeah. new, uh, the new social media app that just came out, but someone threaded, stitched whatever they did on that app um and they said if you pass your mentor it's not success it's that your men you didn't beat your mentor your mentor helped you succeed oh and i thought that that was interesting that they were basically saying it's not a competition yeah your mentor is probably if they're in a stable enough place to be your mentor they're in a place where they're they content. may be content. Yeah, yeah. Are they, they've gotten where they need to be or working on things that aren't evident to you. Yeah. And so you passing them in some metric doesn't necessarily mean that they even want that. Like right. they've helped you be successful. And so that don't compare, compete or complain, complain, I think is a great mantra that we're here to help other people get to where they want to. Yeah. And like Mr. Beast has a lot of people that he goes and asks for feedback on his videos and stuff like that. And he's obviously way more wildly successful in a YouTube metric. Yeah. But he still wants help from others and he wants to help other people. He, right. His whole thing is about mentoring others. And uh, I think it's really inspiring to see someone like him where it just doesn't feel like he's necessarily, he wants to be the best at what he wants to be the best yeah. at. But he's out there just trying to help everyone else be the best at what they want to be. The Which best is at. cool, you know, to not, be in a place where you're defined by success, but totally. instead are seeking fulfillment. What I think a lot of people have found is that success thing awfully often measured in kind of worldly, you know, whether it's income or possessions or whatever, it ends up not being terribly satisfying, mm -hmm. but that fulfillment in terms of interacting with others, helping them and growing and progressing that, that process and those relationships prove much more fulfilling, you know, yeah. and that's, as it relates to helping other, that, that job's never done. You know yeah. I mean? That one is one that you just can continue to, 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 to do better and better at and help more and more people and, and reap the benefits of those added associations. So that, you know, that's, that's a cool thing. Yeah. Really the reason that we started this podcast was to try and connect with people, try and help people on their journey, but also 
get people's feedback on ours. Helping us on ours. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we're really grateful for anyone who does listen to this podcast um, and is willing to put up with our, uh, at sometimes long rambles on and uh, kind of tenuous trains of thought, but we're grateful uh, for everyone who is listening and grateful for the feedback we've received from people. And it's been a great process for us to, to have to put these thoughts into, into words, you yeah. know, and really try to, to stitch them together yeah. in ways that are meaningful to us. And so hopefully some of that is, has been helpful or interesting or useful, or you may think it's ridiculous and you go the complete opposite direction. Great. If it, if, if it's helpful in any way, uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So if you want to help us out even more, uh, we'd love to get some reviews on Apple podcasts or comments on our YouTube video. If you'd like to see us in person, not sure it's the prettiest site, but, uh, we are on YouTube and we'll, we put up occasional graphics and stuff that go along with, uh, with the video. So it's, it's been fun to record this and we look forward to continuing to connect with you as we move forward with this. Sounds great. Well, until next week. Yeah. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks much. Good. I thought overall it was good. A little rambly. Yeah.